Hey, everybody. Before we get to the episode this week, I wanted to take just a quick moment to let you know about Patreon. It's a way to support our podcast for as little as a dollar per episode, all the way up to $10 per episode. And in addition to getting that warm, fuzzy feeling from supporting this podcast, you also get some really cool perks. We have bar hangs. We have movie nights. We have bonus content that is exclusive to our Patreon listeners. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Johnny and I debated the relevance of Post Malone compared to Kendrick Lamar and where rap was and where it's going. We're not qualified to talk about these things, but that's the beauty of the bonus content. We do it anyways. Most importantly, it's a really fun group of people, and every time we get together, we have a real, real fun time. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema and sign up. It takes just a couple of minutes. Once again, that is patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Enjoy the episode. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, one and all, welcome to the podcast. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. We're a show about craft beer and film. My name is Max Bonardi. And I'm Johnny Summers, and together we are the freshest and the hoppiest cinema. And we're just so happy to have you with us once again. This is episode 109. Uh, We started at episode one, and now we're here. That was many a year ago, at least two. And uh, you know, just having good times every time. That's that's what we we have. Which should be our slogan: "Good times every time." Like sixty percent of the time. This is a three part show. Every we, time. yeah. All right, Anchorman. Yeah. Uh, three part show. We cover a beer first, then we cover a movie second without spoiling it. Then we cover another beer in the third segment. But oops, we're squeezing something extra into the third segment, talking about spoilers for the movie. Uh, this week we're covering a film called Roma. I don't know how much we're going to need to spoil about it. Yeah, we're actually going to sneak our uh, Oscar predictions and some, some oh, review into the third segment yes. this week. Yeah, it's that time of year. Yep, it is. This is our Oscar extravaganza. Yeah, uh, Oscar nominations were officially announced. Um, Pretty pertinent. A couple days ago. We're doing a movie that got nominated for... 10. Yeah. Yeah. Roma was nominated for 10 and we'll get into those in our second segment. Um, other bits of housekeeping. If you do like our show, please give us a rating or a review wherever you listen. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can find us on Untapped for Beer or Letterboxd for Movies, or you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Yes. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to support the show monetarily in exchange for fun things that we give you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah, me too. Shall we dive in? Let's do this first beer johnny you brought and uh i i know i wrote like i wrote the notes for this and then as you were pouring it from this can i was like that beer color doesn't match what i thought was going to come out of this oh really uh so maybe talk about what i'm looking at in both the can and the glass yeah so well in the can you can't see the liquid fair enough like the art on the can because it's pretty cool i mean like what do you think if you just looked at that what kind of what kind of beer would you assume it was i thought it was going to be like a tropical ipa so did i yeah I was like, this is going to be like poppy, a kettle sour, something crazy and tropical. And it's not. No. The only thing tropical about it is that it was loosely named after a fictional island. Ooh, we'll get into that too. Yeah. I'm going to let Max talk about that because it's you. a callback to something that's important to him. Yeah. But what we're drinking is called Mimbada. It is a coffee stout from modern times, clocking in at 7.75% uh, ABU of IBU of 40. So nothing crazy yeah. out of a stout there. Uh, let's see what modern times says. According to their website, we will be dosing this silky, chocolatey stout with generous amounts of our house-roasted coffee, yielding a magnificent flavor combo that celebrates our love of both beverages in the most delicious fashion imaginable. So, yeah. 
I'm assuming this has Black House coffee in it because that's their house coffee, which would kind of just make this Black House stout, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, they have that though, right? That's a that's a that's thing. a year round thing. Yeah. I'm just curious what uh, the distinction is between that beer and this. Right. I don't know if it's because I've had a long day, and maybe at the end of the show when we get into hot and bothered, I'll talk about why I've had such a long day. But it's literally in terms of hours, I've been up for way longer than usual, and this beer smells real good to me. It's real good. Okay, good because I saw you look so happy when you drank it just now. It yeah. smells fantastic. It's a real. It's what you'd expect in a stout. It's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, all, no, no brown, just a black stout with a like a nice a nice bit of a creamy viscous looking head, but. Uh, when we poured it, we thought maybe it was going to be a little bit thin on the mouth. Johnny, can you confirm or deny its thick or thinness? Uh, it is very thin and very drinkable. It doesn't have a whole lot of mouthfeel to it, but it it has a taste and an overall feeling of like drinking a nice big stout. Yeah, that's got yeah, that's got some bubblies. Yeah, it it is, but it finishes really smooth and mellow and balanced. This is a really good beer. There's a ton of coffee in it, but it's not any too much of one thing I don't like about coffee. Yeah. I like a nutty, robust, like rich coffee. You would be know more what style that is. Like Yeah, yeah. We could probably get it. Like like a Colombian maybe or a Sure. Uh, uh, anytime a South bag America. says house blend, mm-hmm. I usually like that. Is that right? Because that yeah. could be anything, though. That could, I know. They're just like, we'll just put whatever we have, whatever we have left, and just right. shove it in a bag. I got the one at Target that said "house blend, nutty and bold." There you go. It's like that's a word that I recognize. Yeah, you might be into like Guatemalan. A lot of Guatemalan coffees are sort of that that okay. way. Because uh, yeah, I hate anything citrusy or like mm-hmm. fruity. Yeah, in coffee. See, I'm the other way. Like, I'm I'm a big fan of like Ethiopian coffees, which tend to be really fruity, strawberries and mm. like peach flavors and like creamy pear kind of combos. This actually kind of gives me some of that. Like, this isn't a bitter. Um, like dark espresso tasting stout, um, which I know we've had before, but this is, uh, I think that kind of lends to the lightness that I'm getting. It doesn't yeah. feel heavy, but it is like you said, real drinkable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy with this, but again, we just had this conversation about modern times a couple of weeks ago. I've yet to try something that I don't think is at least decent. Yeah. They don't miss man. No, this is, and I don't actually think this is their black house coffee. I don't either. Yeah, it feels a little bit too light for that. And it smells different, too. Yes, Black House is a very distinct uh, chocolatey, doughy smell almost. Yeah. The spear is really good, though. I pretty much was attracted to it because of the can. Sure. And the, we should the, describe it, probably. Yeah, it's uh, very geometrically explosive with tiny triangles pointed everywhere in bright colors, green and lime green and baby blue. Really pretty can. Mm-hmm. Definitely an eye catcher. And the other thing that caught my attention was that the fact that this beer said nothing on the can about what was in it. So risky. And the fact that it was tree fitty. Right. That's what I was about to write. I did write it down, but you yeah. said it. 300. Nope. 350 <laughs> pennies. Yep. Uh, we found it. You found it at Spikes? This was at SNS Produce. Gotcha. Yeah. I swung by there because I, I like looking at the meat. Sure. I love their deli. And they got a great beer selection too. Yeah. I, yeah. I've said this before, but SNS, um, the co op. Like some of these more like health food stores tend to have really good craft beer selections. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a pint. It's a pint can. So three fifty for a pint. You cannot beat these that are the price. prices we're talking about. <laughs> Even if this were a not great beer, still a good deal, dude. And this is a really good beer for this price. So you mentioned this is called Membata. M E M B A T A. We did some research. It turns out that is the name of the fictional island from the ABC show Lost. Um, if anybody watched Lost, like I did. Uh, you probably, like me, were very, very enthusiastic for most of it, and maybe less so towards the end. But I can't remember if Lost made it onto. I think when we did our, was the 
I'm just saying like broken sentences right now was our top five TV show things. Was that on a real episode or was that Patreon bonus content? That was a bonus content. And I love that you're just spitting out sentence fragments, but I knew exactly what I'm you were trying, trying yeah, to say. Nobody else does. I'm just trying to get to my thought. I was like wanting to fill in the blanks yeah. for you. No, uh, okay. on our, one of our Patreon bonus episodes that are Patreon member exclusive. So wow, if, wow, you, wow. if you're not listening to those, you need to get they're, life together. They're a good time. They're pretty fun. But we were discussing our on the fly, yeah, a top five list of our favorite TV shows of all time, and yeah, uh, Austin. I think a couple other people weighed in, but Austin comes to mind because he weighed in immediately. So yeah, yeah, that was fun. But I don't think Lost made it to your. Top I think five. yeah, I think it was my number six. I think I got an honorable mention, but um, it was in there, but just barely. Yeah. So I I don't know. I loved Lost growing up, and um, it's I never knew the name of of the island where Oceanic Flight Eight One Five crashed near. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what it was. It was called Membata. Mm-hmm. So automatically that gains a couple points for me you in know, terms of rating this beer. But. Never watched an episode of Lost in my life. As much as I would love to be like, dude, you got to check it out. It's the best show. It's not because it's one of those situations where um, a show can be ruined by its ending. Mm-hmm. And I, man, did they mail it in. Yeah. Just f- no postage required. They just threw it in a mailbox. Oof. Ugh. Like, did they just like put it on the ground next to a mailbox? Yeah, I don't even think it got anywhere. It yeah. just is bad, man. I mean, like, it was just people, fans speculated for years, like, how could they possibly tie in all these things? There's no way. And the producers were constantly like, nope, we're going to tie in everything. And it's not going to be this easy way out that it turns out being. Um, I don't know who I'm saving spoilers or who I'm saving from spoilers. At this yeah, point, just let it fly. Whatever. Like, it, it's, it's too hard to even. Basically, it was like a purgatory situation. They were like, they were dead all along and this was like they were awaiting judgment and from like the get the producers like no it's not purgatory it's gonna be different and then it's like six years later nope that's what it is basically makes me wonder if like people just guessed it way early on and they had to be like no right uh yes totally not but i don't know i like to focus on the early days of lost that's where it was at just like dexter that show ended bad that's what i've heard yeah gianna liked dexter i I liked it but like the last season same thing Mm. just mailed it in all this, that to say, this beard, this beer is really good. This beer does not mail it. No, in. this is a great beer, uh, and I'm regardless of what I just said about Lost, I do think that the nod to Lost is very cool. So I respect this beer even more because of that. Oh, totally, I respect this beer because it's delicious, and Modern Times does not disappoint me. Like I don't know, I mean, I kind of know why people aren't hyped about them, just because they're kind of readily available. Sure, it's not something in this area that you need to really trade for or whatever, but. Uh, I'm not to sound hipstery at all, but I was crunk on this brewery before we had distro of them. Yeah, that's fair. I think I wasn't. I didn't try a lot of beers before we got distribution because I'm not wasn't in that scene. Yeah, at the time. But I just had a few buddies that lived down there that brought stuff up, so I got to try it before it was ever around. And man, it's good. And we are really lucky to have this brewery just at the local store. So yep. And especially for a non-barrel-aged coffee stout, this is one of the better stouts out there for $3.50. I feel like, unlike most beers, the price of this really has to factor into my rating. Yep. Because the quality for the liquid at the price- it's good, man. It's real good. Like, this beer's a nine. Like, at $3.50 a pint for a 7.5% coffee stout that's that smooth- I dare you to find me something for under $4 that is that delicious. Yep. I actually had my initial rating and I crossed it out and put a nine before you said that. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's great. I'd be curious to know if this comes in a four pack. I'm sure. If it does, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. And, and you have to assume, like we talked about last week with the um, the triple IPA from LCB, um, that it was marked up because it was singled. 
Make, so yeah. I, I wonder if a four pack would be like 10 bucks. Yeah. Like 10 or 11 oh. bucks. That'd be great. That's the other thing. Same as um, we talked about like Deschutes has bigger distribution over the past few years. So they can afford to a put out more experimental style stuff, but then also b um, make things a little bit more affordable because they have this large net um, can, can kind of take chances. And I think modern times has been starting to do that over the past few years as well. Definitely. They're actually opening up a tap room in Oakland. Perfect. Yep. There you go. Really in Oakland. Yeah. I'm going to be joining their, their membership. Cool. Where you get the luminated bottles and the crowd awesome. stuff. Cause I'm like, I mentioned maybe to you on the side or no, I missed it on the show. Uh, we talked about, um, we did a beer from Livermore from Altamont. Yeah. And you're down said, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Livermore is actually kind of out of the way, mm. but Oakland is right on the way when I'm there. So I could probably go early and, it up. Do you know when that's going to happen? Uh, within the next year, yeah. Cool. Uh, they've been teasing at it for a while, but I got some insider confirmation that it's happening. So That's great news. Maybe we should split the membership for the show. So how does that work? I mean, we, yeah. re- that would be really expensive. Uh, it's okay. like 350 bucks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And what you, does the membership get you? Uh, I think 12 bottles of beer. That seems like a ripoff. Yeah, they get they, well, they even out to about 30 bucks a bottle oh so and it's like their special like but it's devil's teeth it's stuff that's never going to be on distribution that's they're neat. members only bottles you just get one bottle you get uh, two of each oh that's yeah that's better some way i think maybe you get 24 and then 12 of them you get two bottles i don't remember there it, we should we, i'm gonna make a note because that would be i'd be interested in that at least even in my personal life that sounds kind of fun to split a membership or something yeah especially if you're down there and can pick it up Right. That would be super convenient. And you get like the uh, member exclusive growler fills too on stuff that like they won't normally growler oh, that's fill. Cool. You get growler fills of it. That's great. Because if you're not a member, all that you can get is just the stuff that's everyday lineup that you right. can go down the street and buy. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm cool. stoked. Yeah. But you were talking about Deschutes and it's totally true. I've been seeing their six packs for like eight, nine bucks mm-hmm. around town. Yep. You cannot beat that price. No, they, and they make real good beer most of the time. Yep. We're spoiled rotten guys. Yeah. So good, good tangent there. Absolutely, great beer. Go yeah. if it's if you see this around, pick it up. Membata and from modern times. If you find four packs, buy me one. Yeah, we're moving right along out of flick picks. Um, that's where we talk about some media we've been consuming. Started with movies and now it's expanded. Johnny, yeah. Since I've seen you, what have you seen? That's a good one. I'm gonna keep that in the. Since I've seen you, what is what's what's also what else has seen you? What, I'm gonna work on it. This but. podcast is now about Max taking notes. Yep, just notes so, and slogans. What. I what's making me happy. Mm-hmm. Here we <laughs> no. go. What I've been enjoying my flick pick of the week is a Netflix original series from social activist and rapper Killer Mike. He's one of my favorite rappers. He is in he has one half of Run the Jewels. He is also very intelligent and very very informed on a lot of socio social, economical and political issues. And his new show just dropped on January 18th, and it's called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. And it is basically his take on a lot of the issues that he sees in the country. And it's a show portraying his takes on how to make things better or different ways to do things. In the few episodes that I've consumed, he experimented with keeping his dollars in the black community. He experimented with gang-related cola products. What? All right. He went hard in the paint on religion. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. It is definitely outside the box of thinking. So if you're super closed-minded, don't watch it. Fair enough. <laughs> but one thing that I really appreciate is that he does it all from a very uh, intelligent and humble point of view. And his views are not racist or hateful at all. Uh, the show, the trailers for it, you could kind of maybe get that vibe. I think Netflix kind of did that just to make it a little yeah, edgy. you're right. 
but he's very inclusive and definitely like doesn't hate anybody of any race, which is really cool and goes into things very open-minded and accepting and it's fascinating. He's got an interesting point of view and I think the show's really worth checking out. Yeah, it came out on January 18th and there's a little article here. A lot of promo was done for this and reading off of an article off of vulture.com. And it's a uh, real trying to hype you up the snowflakes watch out. Killer Mike has been sent here to destroy you. The Run the Jewels rapper's getting his very own Netflix show to piss off the masses with his unpopular opinions. <laughs> Trigger Warning is a six-episode, sub, quote, subversive comedy documentary, unquote, style series in which the noted Bernie bro will, quote, explore the human condition by challenging societal expectations and conformity. In other words, this is a show, uh, the show is if an anarchist determined your status quo. <laughs> so check it out if you're into uh, Trigger Warning, Killer Mike. Yeah, it's really fun, man. And if you don't know a lot about what Killer Mike believes or his takes on stuff and you're just familiar with his music it's a good new take give you uh, some fresh eyes to see him with yeah cool i uh, i'm gonna put that on my list too because um and if that wasn't a great enough transition i don't know what is i don't have a flick pick this week i've been a little bit slammed doing other stuff um n- namely not sitting down and watching movies which is a bummer I've, i feel like again this time of year i should be trying to catch up more yeah um i was very excited to sit at home and watch roma because i was a little bit worried if we were going to go out and see a movie i wouldn't have time to do that this week um, so I was able to watch this in the comfort of my own home. That's how I feel most weeks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I, like, I feel like to some extent we both really enjoy the movie-going experience. We do. Um, that doesn't change the fact that there's yeah. not enough hours in the day. Yes. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we uh, go to break? Uh, no. I think that was it, man. That was my flick pick. Check it out. Uh, if you get this beer and drink with us, drink along. Let us know what you thought of it. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any of those fun things. Or email us a review of this beer. Maybe we'll mention yeah. on the show. We've been getting a lot of good emails, so keep them up. Shout outs to Trevor Maturo, Nick Land, Jared Schmidt. All been very active in participating, drinking along. Love it. And emailing. We love you guys. Keep up the good work. We want to hear from you. Because if you email us or hit us up, we'll talk about it and yeah. you'll be famous. It'll be great. So then just one more warning. We're not going to, I guess not a warning. Just don't worry about it. We're not going to spoil anything from Roma. So if you haven't seen it yet, it is on Netflix. You should watch it. Um, but then come right back because we're going to talk about it without spoilers and, and kind of what we thought of it in general. So we'll be right back. Hey guys, Max here. Just wanted to tell you about a lovely local business here in Chico called The Handlebar. If you've heard our show, you already know plenty about The Handlebar, but if you're new or you have short-term memory loss, The Handlebar is a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, and they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off any of their amazing selection of craft beers. Again, seven days a week from 2 to 6. That's four whole hours of happiness to get a dollar off all their draft beers. Again, that's The Handlebar here in Chico, located at 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. That is the beginning to a dialogue-heavy trailer for Roma. Dialogue-heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Spanish-language film uh, released by Netflix Studios on November 21st of 2018. It runs an hour and 35 minutes. Excuse me. 135 minutes long. It was written and directed by Alfonso Cuaron. He was the director of Children of Men, Gravity. It stars Yalitza Aparicio as Cleo. She's a, uh, a live-in maid for this middle-class family with a matriarch named Senorita Sofia, played by Marina de Tavira. This film is semi-autobiographical, 
uh, based on Koran's early life in Mexico City growing up. The film is actually named after a neighborhood in a city where he grew up. We'll get into some of the stuff we talked about earlier in terms of Oscar nominations and, um, you know, critical acclaim and, and hype around this movie. But first and foremost, as usual, Johnny, I'd like to ask you what your thoughts on this were. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was very visually um, encompassing. It really sucked you in and did not let you go with just the overall look and feel of the film. It was just palpable, the grittiness, the realness of it. Uh, at times I felt like I was standing in mud. Uh, this was definitely a story of, to me, like the human struggle and kind of people just doing the best they can with what they have. And it was interesting, man. Very, very interesting. A very thought-provoking, artistic movie for sure. We should point out it's all in black and white mm -hmm. uh, and subtitled. There's a very few lines of English in here. Um, and when they are, it's just kind of passing lines that aren't huge to the plot. So um, I found myself a little bit not distracted because I, I I think for um, the the waves that this has made in the United States, the uh, the subtitles were probably um, anticipated yeah. um, as being a pretty key thing in this movie. I think that the pacing of this movie um, you mentioned in, in mud, um, it is definitely a, a slow moving movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I think that actually lends itself well to the dialogue. Um, mm -hmm. you're not having to watch a million things going by a million miles an hour. Yeah. Um, but it is very interesting. It's a, it's a very like Hollywood Oscar, almost indie type movie. Um, that is definitely not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. I did find myself at points, um, struggling a little bit because it is slow. It's slow and it felt a little bit long. Yes, and you have you definitely have to be in the right mindset to watch this. It's not a throw on for movie night with your friends over kind of movie. Mm -mm. Um, stuff that stuck out to me. Um, there's, I think I could be wrong, but I didn't notice a soundtrack to this movie. I don't think there were any uh, non diegetic sounds, meaning uh, sounds that weren't like already in the scene. Mm -hmm. um, like there were like one scene where a record was put on, so you hear that a little bit, or there's like a band rehearsing and that happens. But other than that, I don't think there's any. It was very quiet. I don't think there's a soundtrack. Yeah, it's like the the city of Mexico City is the soundtrack, and um, the other thing that sticks out that I think really, um, depending on how you feel about the pacing of this movie helps or hurts it is the, the camera, uh, the long shots barely moves. Yeah. There are long shots that, that don't move almost at all. And they don't really do anything. They're just there. Yeah. You're observing. Yeah. Um, they're it, there to be seen, but not to like progress the plot per se. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I mean, very deliberate, obviously to kind of put us, I, I didn't, I don't know if it was to put us in Cleo's position. Cause it felt obviously more like we're just on looking rather than going uh, through it as she would be. Mm -hmm. We're definitely there empathizing, but not so much in her shoes. We should make it clear now that Cleo is a servant slash maid. Yeah, she's she's a maid. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, in that in that household. Did you say that already? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, good for doubling down. Yeah. Somebody might have missed it. Yeah. Um. So when when the camera does decide to move, oftentimes it's like very slow pans from one side of a room to another. Um, you notice and you feel that as some form of momentum. Um, and I thought that was really brilliant directing. The, even the way the movie opens up, it's a uh, steady shot on um, like a floor. Floor, it's like uh, concrete, I guess. Um, but you see like water washing over it. You're not sure what it is. Um, and actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, it kind of harkens to later in the movie at the beach. I hadn't even considered the role of water. That's the other thing. This is a very dense movie. I'm going to need to watch it again because I'm sure I'm not going to be catching a million things that um, – you know, matter here. Yeah, it is. It, it watched like a novel. Yeah. I mean, it's a thematically very dense film, lots of motifs. Um, 
like the water plays a big role. Life and death brought up quite a bit and just like the struggle of day-to-day humanity. And, um, you know, it's, uh, not a, not a happy, there's some real heartstring tuggy moments mm-hmm. in this that, that really got me. And I didn't think they would, even in the moment I was like, why is this happening to me? But it, I, I don't know. I think it's a testament to the, the well-madedness of this movie. Just made that phrase up. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man, I like this a lot. Um, and I need to let it simmer. I think I watched, I finished watching it, um, maybe, maybe three hours ago. Okay. Um, so it's just starting to ruminate. Nice. If that's how to use that word. Yeah. This is a movie that if you're not used to watching more artsy indie, like film, film movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a little bit harder to follow along or just stay interested. Um, but if you are kind of more used to that and you're in the mood or mindset for a very, like you said, dense movie, this is a real, real good one. I liked it a lot. It was in summary, you could say that this is like a parable about contrast, everything from the color you're talking life and death, uh, poverty Mm -hmm. versus wealth on multiple different levels. Yeah. The political stuff, political stuff, Mm -hmm. just the, the very contrast and the contrasting sides of that political stuff. Yeah. You know, and the way it all affects people, but such contrast. Mm-hmm. Like the whole movie was contrast. What was your uh, your experience with the sound of this movie? Like what was it? you were listening at home? Yeah. I haven't really watched the movie for a while at your house. Is it you pretty pretty good sound? Yeah. I I made the point of hooking up my my speakers. They've been hooked up to my record player for a while now, but I switched them back to the TV. Mm-hmm. Um and I found myself like standing up a lot of times during the movie to get closer to the speakers because mm-hmm. it's like so it's sonically so rich too. It's rich but quiet. Yeah, so you have like a lot of these faint elements of like um, birds, yeah, hustling around, or a car honking, or like people just shuffling around on the street. And um, I wonder what this movie would sound like on headphones because I mean, there's just so much going on. No kidding, that'd be um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it's like every, every scene has a lot visually and sonically, and I think um, if you have the appetite for it, it can fill you up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching this. I, I can't. I, I'm almost afraid to dive in too deep in 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 fear of getting things wrong at the moment, but, um, I enjoyed it a lot. Well then stay on the surface and speak from your, uh, current perspective. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, dude, I don't know how much I have to say about it outside of what I've already said, but let's summarize the plot a little bit without going too deep. Yeah. Okay. It was basically the story centered around one woman talking Mm -hmm. about Cleo, Mm -hmm. but it had a lot to do with her interactions with this family because she's not just maid servant. She's also kind of a live-in nanny type role. She's just there to help with with everything on the day-to-day. And very early on in the movie, it's kind of apparent that the father is leaving. Yeah. That's pretty early on, so that's not too spoilery. Sure. So the rest of the movie is kind of centered around that and Cleo's own personal relational struggles. She has some issues in that department as well, and those take a toll on her and play a part of her interactions with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and seeing the matriarch of the family try and deal with these four kids, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she's alone. It just, it was a very dense family. You know, there was so many perspectives in this movie. Yeah. And it was almost like the, the mom, uh, Sophia, mm-hmm. she was in this, like, movie kind of sparingly like she didn't have a lot of lines she was just peppered in but like later in the movie in middle of the movie she had some powerful lines yeah she strike you as incredibly unstable throughout the movie like sometimes yes. I was like wow this is a very wise woman other yeah. times like she's really angry yeah which i it was justifiably so but like she was 
maybe that's the point, like a mother needing to mask those emotions to be supportive and strong for her children. But man, when she uh, got mad, mm. usually at Cleo, it uh, real, came out real strong. Yeah. And it you, you felt it because it was malicious and yeah. not, it was very biting. It was just, yeah, it was biting. like lashing out and yeah. certainly probably not, uh, um, you know, grounded in much actual feeling, but in those moments, that was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was really really rough. <laughs> I agree. It yeah, kind of made me uncomfortable. Yeah, like I think, speaking of that, we'll get to this in the danger zone. Uh, there was a scene with a naked man that that really caught me off guard. Oh, yeah, didn't uh, didn't really. Exp- I don't know. That was weird. It, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. The short Once I understood what was happening, I was fine with it. But it was like, all right, all right, all right. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, it seemed like a weird turn in the movie. Yeah. It was. It wasn't a turn. It was like a swerve. Yeah, a swirl, a swirl. Sort of yeah, because it came a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, uh, it came yeah. Right I'd like back. to talk about that scene a little bit later. Yeah, that, uh, that guy was both funny and uh, also Awful. Not, not the best guy. Funny and also the worst. Yeah, uh, mm. I want to say the other thing was like most of this film takes place within this house that yeah. they all live. Um, so the moments where you do go outside, whether that's to a beach or to just the city streets, there's one shot that they first noticed. It was the first long moving shot. It was like a tracking shot across like three blocks and um, Cleo and a friend are, are running to go get lunch and one almost gets hit by a car, but I am, I was jumped for a second. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful shot. And I think, it, I think the use of that tight space uh, contrasted with these open cityscapes really emphasizes uh, a, the beauty of the city and then just be like a, um, uh, like a freeing sense almost and, and like liberation. It was really, I don't know. That was a good scene mm-hmm. that. And when they go to the beach later, I thought were very beautifully shot. Yeah. This movie was definitely punctuated by really rememberable, sure. memorable scenes. Yeah. Scenes that you will remember. Yeah. I, this actually, now that we're talking about some of these, I do want to say some stuff in the danger zone. I've got a couple scenes that I'd like to talk about that are a little bit too uh, spoiler heavy to mm-hmm. do now, but those are good. Yeah. Yeah. So would you recommend this movie? And if you would, why? If you wouldn't, why? Yeah, I would. To to most people. Yeah. Um, well, you're not going to recommend this that. movie to everybody. No, I should actually say I probably don't recommend this to most people. Yeah. Knowing what I know about most people's tolerance for movies uh, and the top scoring movies in box offices forever. Tolerance and taste. Yeah. This, this movie is going to be out of a lot of people's scope. If I was factoring in people's enjoyment, I would say I wouldn't recommend this to most people. If I was factoring in the the humanity and goodness and just cinematic value of this movie... If that's what I was weighing. I would say everybody should watch this. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastically made movie. Yeah, you can stand by that. Um, I don't have a reason not to. I guess like some of the more R-rated stuff in here. Maybe watch out for kids. Don't maybe have them watch it with you. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is a definitely a recommendable movie though. Yeah, it's it's especially if you have friends that like like cool foreign or art films because mm-hmm. this is going to be in the talk for a lot of Oscars. So let's go there. Yeah, why don't you give me a rundown of the Oscars that this is nominated for? So the nominations were announced on the 22nd of January, and, and this this was, the I think, the frontrunner with 10 nominations. Here we go. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Leading Actress with Elitza Aparicio. I hope I'm saying that right, and I'm not sure. Um, Best Supporting Actress with Marina de Tavira, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Art Direction, Sound, Sound Editing, and Foreign Language Picture. Ooh. Oh, also, as a side note, I got this off of the internet. Um, it became the first uh, film distributed by a streaming service to be nominated for Best Picture. So that's fun. That's pretty cool. Netflix is uh, taking a step up on the 
totem pole, I guess. And this already won something, too. Yeah, it did. It was something in the Golden Globes, right? I think so, yeah. I, I remember, remember seeing now, but... it on Netflix when I started it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw it, too. That was, already, that was like, in the edited yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something else, and it must have been, like, a film festival or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Golden Globe or an Emmy or... Yeah, Emmys for think, TV. Yeah, but Netflix can win Emmys. Can they? Yeah. For, even for their feature films? Ooh. That's where it gets tricky. Would that be a made-for-TV movie? <laughs> I don't think so. There's, like, probably a lot of new rules. I don't with, know. With the streaming services stuff happening, but yeah. maybe they'll have their own. Their own, like, streaming, I don't know. The Stremmies. Yeah, the Stremmies. Streamies. Streamies. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'm good as far as things uh, to say about this movie without spoiling anything. What about you? I want to ask you, overall... First watch, your very surface opinion. Did you enjoy this this experience? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just I went with my gut. Yeah. Yes. Just a simple, you enjoyed it. Yes. I am more on the fence. Like I enjoyed parts of it. There mm. were great scenes, but I want to watch it again because I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I might the second time yeah, through. Same. It was a bit tedious for me, and I think I have a bit more of a ADD something shiny type brain where I I will need to sit down and focus on this a bit more and like turn the phone off. Yeah. Just what what time of day did you watch this? It was I actually had to watch it in a couple parts too. Oh, okay. So that that yeah. made it seem a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um but mid, you know, early afternoon. So did I and I think the early afternoon viewing kind of throws me off in I my own house this at like night. The lighting's weird and like yeah. you can I don't know, people are moving around outside and it doesn't it's harder. Yeah, it's harder to kind of sit down mm-hmm. and be in the movie mentality. That's why theaters are dark a bit. Right? I mean, so yeah, makes sense. So yeah, I think in in for my answer to that, I enjoyed it like fifty percent. Yeah, but I want to watch it again. Okay, well in that case, let's go just again first first time viewing surface level um, ratings. I'm gonna say seven point eight. Oh wow. Okay, I said seven. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot there to still be gleaned from a future viewing, so I'm leaving a little bit of room for impressions. But that's what I was doing too. Yeah. I just I don't know. If I gave it maybe a little bit extra just because I, like, I don't have to understand something to know it's amazing. Fair, like art. That's it. I don't like the Mona Lisa. I can't. Maybe it's not I'll that get, great. I, it might. People say it is. I just don't get it. I like like marble statues. Yeah, fine. That's pretty cool. That'd be really yeah. hard to do. You know. That's true. But this movie reminded me a lot of like looking at fine art or like something like a piece of art that inspires you, but you don't know why, but mm. you know it's beautiful and. No one can really explain it I to you. I think that's what people say about the Mona Lisa, and I don't get it for that, but I get it for this. Yeah. It like, makes it, way more sense for this, it, right? To me, yeah. Yeah. But, it definitely felt like looking at like an abstract black and white painting. Yeah. I, there's, yeah. A lot of the frames in this movie could be taken as just, just single shots. There's some great shots of like water reflecting, and there's like, especially the beginning and end shot with like the airplane. Mm-hmm. thought that was great. And just like the wide shots of the house reminded me of something like Picasso would paint. Yeah. Because all these different elements were in one frame. There was just like scattered room, kitchen over here, but mm-hmm. you could see it all. I don't know. It was it was interesting, man. It was definitely interesting. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I'd like to sit down with somebody who hasn't seen it and then maybe watch it my second time just to see kind of to gauge their reaction also and see if it's similar to the first time I watched it. Black and white distract you at all? No. No? No. Uh, no. I found myself thinking what the scenes would look like if I they were colored. I did do that once. I did do so that once. So I think once that as qualifies as, well. as being a little distracted by it. Yes, that's probably fair. But it happened to me literally one time. There's a scene where they're, um, I can't remember where they ended up. They were driving cars and it was, were they it, eating? it was in a parking were they lot. Eating? No. Okay. No, but it was in a parking lot. And I was like, it was right. It's before they said this was 1971. And I was looking at the cars 
and trying to think what year those cars came mm. out and like what the colors might have looked like, basically trying to gauge. Yeah. And I was like, I think it's like 60s, 70s. I kept imagining this movie in my head in Technicolor. Mm. And I was really like, it was kind of fun, but at the same right. time I was like, wait, okay, what just happened? Yeah, right. <laughs> but overall, interesting movie, worth a watch. Yeah, agreed. Uh, if you didn't catch this, it's available on Netflix. Obviously, you should go stream it. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, go do it, because when we come back from this break, we're going to cover our second beer. And uh, we are also going to do the spoilers for Roma. And somewhere in there, we're going to talk about Oscar nominations and break down what we've seen, what we haven't seen, what we're going to try to see, and what we hope wins, probably. Well, you're going to throw some money down on the table right now. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. That's right, everybody. You've made it to the danger zone. Once again, hopefully you make it out this time. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Last time somebody died. Sure. what he's saying. Welcome back. Um, Goose died. Let's get into beer. That was funny. (laughs) I forget that's even a reference to that movie or the song. Because it's ours now. So recently. Yeah. I was playing a gig uh, with music. That's what I do. If you've never known that about me, I do music for a living. And that's why you're sleepy today. That's right. Essentially. Oh yeah. Okay. Real quick. I got up at five 45 today to play a gig at Butte college here in Chico or in Durham, technically. Uh, and my gig was at 8am, which is not, uh, not a typical musician's, uh, gig time. I am unreasonably happy about the fact that you got up early. Well, look, man, Here's the thing. I knew that I was not going to fall asleep early last night. So what I decided to do was go to the gym, which is also something I don't do that often. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get real tired, come home, uh, went to sleep, couldn't fall asleep, uh, had to wake up at 545, slept for like five hours, uh, then went to this gig. Then I came home and I went on a bike ride for some reason. Uh, Got my van fixed, watched this movie somewhere in there. uh, And now, yeah, I'm a little tired. Day was busy as if. So I get it. I get get the struggle a little bit. This is me every day. Yeah. How you feel right now? Mm-hmm. Every day. You know, I've worked very hard in my life to not have to work very hard. <laughs> exactly. So. You fashioned yourself a comfortable existence. Yeah. Anyways, I was in I was in San Leandro playing a gig at 21st Amendment, which is a brewery. They have made such beers as uh, Brew Free or Die IPA, Hell or High Watermelon, Wheat Beer. Uh, and today, it's we're just drinking it today. They've brewed it before. Escape from Hog Island. El Camino Unreal. Um it's a collaboration between them, Stone, uh, and Firestone Walker. My buddy Aiden, who I knew from the school days here in Chico, recently started working there. He pointed this beer out to me. He was like, you guys should check this one out. So that's what we're doing. So Aiden, thanks for the tip. Um, I had one the other night out of the can, which was, uh, it was after a couple of beers. So I don't think I could rate it properly. So I'm just going to pretend this is my first time drinking it. Is that a super professional way to say you don't remember what it tasted like? No, I just think like I'd been drinking IPAs all night and like it had just messed with my palate. Not Um, judging because I've had beers like four beers in and I couldn't tell you what they tasted like. Yeah, like I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, your taster goes out the window. Yeah, it's a 9.5 ABV with 35 IBUs. Um, There are about 50 ratings for this on Beer Advocate, and the aggregate rating, or the rocky driveway, what do you call it? Driveway stone, rock rock, pavement stuff? Yeah, gravel. Yeah, it's 3.94. I will read a little bit from what they have on the website, and they say, this beer takes its name from the historical Mission Trail El Camino Real, the Royal Trail now, Highway 101, uh, that linked the 21 Spanish missions throughout California and also links the three breweries together. A dark, strong ale that floats between a stout and an IPA, it incorporates indigenous ingredients from along the Camino Unreal. The addition of dried mission figs, pink peppercorns, fennel, and chia seeds 
brings this slightly herbal fruit and spice note built to pair with the malt and hoppy complexity to this 9.5% ABV beer. You know I love me some chia seeds. I'm just going to double back on that. Mission figs, pink peppercorns, fennel, and chia seeds. This has got to be a weird beer. What the hell is a pink peppercorn? I don't... It's like a peppercorn. Why is it pink? I think it's a thing, like pink Himalayan sea salt. It's not even called pink Himalayan sea salt. It's just Himalayan sea salt. That's the color it is in the Himalayas. Sure. Um, So I don't know. I'm uh, a little biased because I've tasted it, but I want to say that I'm expecting some spiciness, um, a little bit of like vegetable qualities, I would assume, Um, hopefully in a good way, like a a traditional old ale. You would get a little bit more of that. I'm making a very sour face at you right now because yeah. I think this beer is going to be fucking awful. See, you would like think sm- that. I think I had it once a long time ago. They've made it for a while. But I don't remember, and it does not sound cool, man. It doesn't, and that's why I was so intrigued. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I remember drinking it, and I remember not hating it. I will say that. Uh, I don't remember specifics, but I remember not hating it. What does fennel even taste fennel like? Fennel is like... I know what fennel is. Every just for listeners, we obviously know what fennel is. We're just asking each other to make the conversation interesting. Um, so I will tell you right now, just based on memory, that fennel is uh, fennel taste. Fennel taste. Here's I'll just here's what I'm. Yeah, just saying. I'm glad you have this memory. So well, and this is just how I'm just forming this um, from my brain. Yeah. Um, so shoot. So it's been said that they look like a cross between onions and. Uh, something that just escaped my memory. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, celery. Celery. And it's uh, got an anus, <laughs> anus-like flavor. Excuse me. Uh, look, man, I think I think the closest thing is like a licorice pear. It comes in a bulb? Yep. I don't know. Really weird. I thought fennel was a seed. I don't know a lot. So yeah. we're, we'll, we're building this up too much. Whoa. Do you want to taste it first? Do you want me to? I don't. I'll taste it first. Okay, so Johnny's going to taste it. I'm going to... This is the first beer in a long time I'm genuinely not excited about. I'm gonna, you should smell it. I'm going to close my Google page on fennel in case anybody you didn't You mean your brain? We were, yeah, we were lying to you, everybody, and it, which is well, not a lie now because we came clean. It doesn't smell good. Okay. Uh, why not? What's What are you getting? It smells like soy sauce. Okay. That's interesting. So it's, again, 9.5. Well, that's a good thing. People use fennel in soup a lot. Johnny's tasting it. He's swishing it. He swallowed it. Now he's smacking that's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. Okay. This is a similar reaction you had to the uh, grain man last week. You were like, I was expecting mm. it to be repulsive and it's not. So you got to stop a- making that mouth noise on the mic. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> you got to Sorry. Stop. That is a really weird finish. Whoa. It's. Yeah. It's a weird beer. It's super weird. It's earthy and grainy. Vegetate. Vegetate. Uh, it's got huge notes of terra firma. Is that a, is that a real thing? Man, that is weird. Yeah, bro. Terra firma is a real thing. I don't. I just don't it's know what, what it is. what we all live on, man. Like the earth? Oh, yeah. the, the earth's crust. <laughs> earth. Um, That's the most douchey way to say it tastes earthy. Yeah. It, it does have like a really kind of uh, like an earthy taste to it, though. Yeah. Um, Man, this is one of those beers like, personally, I'd have to drink this super fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, I think it's interesting. I think this is definitely gets going to get points mm. for me for like, for just the, the weirdness of it. I don't like this at all. No? No. Okay, we better drink it fast. <laughs> oh, I tried that. I tried the drink fast. And you drank it, like a half an ounce quickly. Yeah, you're making a reputation for yourself online here. You get you get to drink it, but you're drinking out of a out of like a six ounce glass. I'm not trying even. to give it its fair shake, and then fair I'm enough. gonna just chug it. Is there any left in the can? Yeah, well, let it warm up in the can. And you can drink that quickly if you want. I don't want it this it, warm. It does have some like kind of, yeah, like a licorice sort of uh, warmth at the end. I feel like if you're ah. dipping a bagel in stew. And then mm. you were drinking a cup of coffee. That aftertaste 
of in well, all those things mixed in your mouth would what be the, what this beer tastes like. Yeah, I mean that's I mean it's not not the worst not the worst uh, comparison I've heard or could imagine. It's like uh, an onion, maybe an everything bagel mm. dipped in stew. Yes, and then you, you take a sip of coffee. It is getting worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't hate this. I think it's a very traditional take on this style of beer, um, which I was doing some reading on beforehand. Um, my my trouble is that this. This can doesn't explicitly say old ale. What did I say it said? It says um, dark ale. Um, and there's like a whole lot of uh, lingo discrepancies in the old ale category, like old ales, strong ales, dark ales, um, abbey ales. Those are more Belgian-y kind of stuff. But um, barley wines even for a minute that were mixed up in all this. And there's there's a whole long line of historical stuff about this style of beer. But at its base, a lot of them tend to either be really acidic um, or really uh, kind of musty and vegetative and earthy and old ales. Yeah, yeah. And Which this, this falls is right not. in line. I, I think it is because mm. it's like an umbrella term, but or they, at least people use it that way. But they didn't put it on the can. No, so you, they're not calling it this style. You almost sounded like Tommy Boy, but if it's not on the box, that's a guarantee. <laughs> um, you know, I yeah. can get a real good look at a T bone. Uh, yeah, right. But my 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 problem here is like I've never heard of a what's a dark ale. <laughs> Like you can write dark ale on the can, but I, you can't just invent beer categories. What, you know, where do we get hazy IPAs from 1600 BC in the monasteries? When those monks were making that yeah. that haze. So I guess you can make up beer stuff, but let me look up dark ales and we'll see what we can find. Um, and actually, we'll we'll maybe touch back on this because I'd like to get to uh, let my beer warm up a tiny bit and maybe hit Oscar nominations, and then come back and rate it. You okay with that? Yeah, we're gonna take a break inside of a break inside of a break. No, we don't need to. No, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are, you, what are you talking about? Oh, what are you talking about? Great. Man. Uh, so let's just run through some of the main categories here. These are uh, Oscar nominations for the 2019 Oscars. Do you want to rate this first? first no. Okay. I'd like to let it warm up. Okay. I do not want to let it warm up. I'm going to rate it now. Okay. Uh, well, then you are finishing off your beer. Give me a rating, Johnny Summers, for El Camino Unreal from 21st Amendment Stone and Firestone Walker. Mm-hmm. Two. Two. Ugh. Not your thing. I could not. No, I barely got through that. Well, everybody, if uh, if you know me, I'm looking for a gig in the Bay Area. <laughs> hey, man. I kid. I, I kid. don't play no, music there. Yeah. I'm, sh- right. I'm sure your friend's a nice guy. Yeah. I, I'm. It's a much higher than a two for me as well, for what it's worth. But I don't want to give it that yet because I want to let it warm up. So. All right. Let's talk about things. Yeah. So best picture. There are several nominations, and I, I don't think we're going to go through every category, but we should go through some of the mains. Let's okay? go through the top five okay um so contenders black panther black klansman bohemian rhapsody the favorite which we have not covered on the show did, did we cover black panther on the show i don't think we did i don't think we did there was just a lot out at that time yeah i know we both saw it you That's saw crazy. It? it came out in a time frame where it's eligible for the 2019 oscars it I'd seems like, like it came out more about that ago. yeah it came out the well, eligibility time frame yeah i don't know what it is but uh, anyways, uh, the favorite, which we are going to see and probably talk about, Green Book, which we will both definitely see at least and probably squeeze in at some point mm-hmm. on the show, uh, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very doable for us to see all of the Best Picture nominees this year. Definitely, I agree. Vice uh, was the one with uh, about about Cheney. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't care. It looks so boring to me. But I'll, maybe I'll see it anyways. Because why not? Okay, Best Director, Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. Uh, Oh, here we go. Yorgos, Yorgos Lanthimos for yep. the favorite. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Adam McKay for Vice. And Powell Paulikowski for Cold War, which I did not see. Didn't either. Uh, 
I don't even think I heard of that. Uh-uh. Did you? No. Um, then Best Actress comes up with, here we go again, Yalitza Aparicio. I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with that. Yalitza yeah, Aparicio. Pretty sure that's correct. For Roma, uh, Glenn Close, The Wife. Olivia Coleman for the favorite Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm. Did you see that? I did not. I heard it was good. I did too. It's where she's a she's a a writer, and she ends up stealing uh, or sort of plagiarizing these old letters and framing them as no, sorry, writing her own letters and framing them as uh, as old writers like mm. hidden journal stuff. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Best actor we have Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate. Uh, here we go. You want to take that one? Because I Rami Malek. Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. I feel like Rami Malek's going to win that. And I feel like people are going to be mad. Well, no, people are going to be happy because like everyone's saying that he should win that. Uh, I don't know. I've only, yeah, the only other movie I've seen is Star is Born. And I don't think Bradley Cooper should win. No. I don't, he was fine. Yeah. He was good. He had a good, he was very good. I would say just from looking at this list, the only person that would give him a shot is Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. I know uh, Green Book's getting a ton of Oscar buzz. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, we got to see that. Yes. Um, that might be next week's episode. Yeah, maybe. You want to hit Best Supporting Actress? Yeah. So for Best Supporting Actress, we have Amy Adams for Vice, Marina de Tavira for Roma, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone from The Favorite, and also Rachel Vice. Or the favorite. I just realized Beale Street Could Talk is not in contender for best picture. Yeah, that's a bummer. I, I still haven't seen it, but it seems wrong to me. I've heard nothing but stellar, stellar things about it. Yeah, same. Well, if they figure if they've got Roma and Beale Street in there, that's way too ethnic. Right. Yeah, too many. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So I think we should just kill it there. Oh, I want to hit Best Sporting Actor, too. Okay. And then I'm good. Okay. Uh, and we had Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman. I just really wanted to talk about Adam Driver because I'm still so stoked that he's uh, now has a role in the mainstream that he's known for more than um, Rilo Ren. Rilo Ken. I was going to say. Yeah, Rilo Ken. Yeah. Also, Sam Elliott in A Star Was Born. Very good. Okay. Uh, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell in Vice. As George Bush. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh, of course that's who that is. So anyways, I don't know. Maybe we'll do something on Twitter or Facebook or something where we we cast our votes and maybe ask you guys to cast some votes on uh, who you think will win or who you'd like to win. Play it however you like. We'll figure it out. I want to see some more movies, man. I really need to see Green Book and I need to see The Favorite. And Beale Street. And Beale Street. And yep. Beale Street, just anyone listening, is going to be playing at the pageant yeah. in like two weeks. And so is The Favorite. Uh, favorite two weeks, already played there. Damn it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. When? Uh, a while back. No. And then it made its run at... Tinseltown, I think it's still there. That's bullshit. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure the favorite no. was already there because it's not on the on the pageants list of movies upcoming right now. Dag, I literally just looked at it all to right. see if Bill Street I was coming. All right, I must have been last week. Shoot, but it's still playing in Tinseltown. I don't. So. All right, I'll go. Yeah, you have to. All right. Well, so what's your uh, best picture? Right. Pick? Well, I don't want to weigh in yet because I, I want to see all of them. That's fair. I haven't, but but of the ones that I've seen. Can we agree we're not going to watch Vice? I'll, I could, I, yeah, I'll, I don't care. I don't care about that movie at all. Yeah. But the other ones we're going to watch. Yes, agreed. Um, is Black Klansman in the running for you? Uh, for like, we didn't ever officially do our top ten movies of 2018, but no, I need to do that because I think that would help me narrow down a I lot. I think of it's things. already done. We should just go back and look at our ratings. Yeah. And- not even give us a choice. Be like, this is what we rated it. Yeah, totally. I would be curious to see that list, actually. Sure. Just going back and purely pulling from the data. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I don't know. I think it was a really super cool movie, but I don't know if it was best picture cool. Uh, Black Heisman? Yeah. Or like best picture caliber. I I don't know, man. Yeah. I yeah. What was it up against? Oh uh, man. Did you already close I just closed it? it yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's that would be a tough one for me. I don't see it winning. I just honestly. think that one that's a very important movie. I agree. And I like that's gotta be a, a reason for uh, considering it, mm-hmm. I would assume. But also look at what Black Panther did. Mm-hmm. Like yep. both significant and completely not different, but kind of parallel ways. Yeah, I mean, I guess one like one is sort of like overarching themes about sort of the nature of people in our history, and one is more like this is what's happening right now. Yeah. I think the whole end scene, like the whole like last ten minutes of Black Klansman is uh real powerful. Yeah. And painful. But mm-hmm. also it kind of struck me as odd that um Sorry to Bother You wasn't on any of those lists. I know. Not even was, one. Yeah. Like what? Maybe what maybe was, it was further down on like editing. That was a good or movie maybe for editing. Maybe it came out too long ago. No, that one was this year, or it was in the yeah. Yeah, but I good. know that there's a cutoff time. It I, has to be out by like some time. I think it has to be out by the Oscars, or like by the time nominations are announced, right? I don't know, man. We'll figure that out. But I mean, like, when do they start? Is it like all of 2018 after, after the Oscars? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't either. We need to find that out. Yeah, because I remember like the Greatest Showman came out. Christmas of, or like right around January, and yeah. then it was still a runner. Or a no, that was a Christmas movie. Okay, I yeah. remember that came out like on Christmas. So I don't know, man. I don't either. We'll we have to do out. some researchification. Yeesh. All right, so that's our Oscar initial breakdown. We're going to get back to this beer, and Max is going to tell me what he thinks of it now that it's maybe warmed up a little. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Really? Yeah. There's <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff going on. What the is it the most enjoyable beer? No. But is it enjoyable? I would say still no. Uh, well, then why did you rate it so it's, high? Because it's interesting to me. I think this is an interesting beer. I think it's a style um, that, from what I can tell, is is made in the traditional style of what the beer should have been. Um, and and I, I don't think historical accuracy should go without praise. I think those adjuncts are gross. They're they're interesting. It tastes almost... Oh, I just had it, too. It tastes... Oh, you know what it tastes like? Is... Um, well, like an Underberg or mm. uh, almost like a Frenette type um, mm-hmm. liqueur. A little bit. Those which are- is not, okay, it's probably that fennel, like that sort of licorice sort of uh, anise The, the anise, yes. Yeah, the anise. Um, so I think it's cool. Whatever. I'm into it. Will you ever drink this beer again I have on two purpose? more cans. If they weren't free, ah. would you ever purchase this beer to consume again? Probably not. I think that's the only rating we need from you. No, because 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 here's why. Nope, because you could enjoy a beer but never want to have it again. That is sort of contradictory. Yeah, I disagree. You can appreciate a beer and never want to have it again. Exactly. Like there's plenty of sours that I think were good that I've rated around a seven five that I just probably won't drink again. But that is just because you are not a fan of that style. That is that differentiating between something that you can appreciate stylistically or something that just is a weird flavor in your mouth that might be kind of gross, but was interesting and you'll never drink again. But you could also have a completely average, like just boring, but well-made beer that I'm not going to reach for again because there's better stuff out there. Sure. But that's not why you're not reaching for this one again. Yeah. You might have me there. Yeah. 
I'm glad to have tried it. I think it's interesting, and that's that's about as far as I would go. I suppose well, you're right. It's a two for me, and for seven some five. fucking reason, it's a seven <laughs> five for Max. You it's can fun. ask him about it next time you see him. But in the meantime, we're back to spoilers. Yes. We're two spoilers. We're back to the movie with spoilers. Also, if you ever want to buy Max at a store, just buy him six packs of this and leave yeah, it at his house. Do it. Um, did you say if you ever want to buy Max at a store? <laughs> buy him a six pack? Buy or- Max beer at a store. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. But if you want to buy him at a store. Sure. Just scan me. Yeah, I have I don't to know. just be at Butte College real early. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, the scene that I was referring to earlier, the naked man scene. Oh, my God. Out of the blue. Did not see that coming. Because if, like, it's just this one shot of the dude like in his bathroom, very naked, uh, yeah. very in shape fella. From the side. Yes. And he's like pulling out a shower. Uh, what do you call that? Shower pull, curtain rod. Pull, rod. Um, How could you not think of the word rod right. in relation to this scene? Um, so he pulls it out and he starts doing, you find, uh, you see Cleo on the bed. They have uh, clearly just or are about to make love. Yes. And he starts doing like a martial arts kind of twirling thing. Fully naked. Fully naked. So he walks, he turns for, to you the camera from the bathroom and then you realize, oh, okay. Just completely, there he is. A dick are so which is, which is fine, I guess, but like I can't imagine a scenario where I would do that. And I, I, I would. Really, bro? I do this all the time. Yeah. See, I just don't have the twirling skills. I'm fine with the, sh- the shower rod. <laughs> no, I don't know. Man. Uh, no, I don't know. It just struck me as so strange. Like, was he trying to be like, look out? I don't know. Look at my. He was a, what a weird guy. That's his move, dog. That's what his. A weird that's his dude. seduction move. Yeah. And like he was like, like, it was kind of cute. Like he's like, all right, I guess that's your mating dance. But then like, <laughs> he was like weirdly aggressive and a huge asshole later. But then he like ended it with like, oh, don't y'all beat you. And it's like, am I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'd be scared if I was her a little bit, but I'd also be like, what is up with this guy? The weirdest little Mexican ninja. It was like, yeah, like that was weird too. The whole like combat thing out in the field, they were like LARPing, but with bamboo rods. Yeah. I don't know. Very strange. Very weird. But all that to say, this dude's dick came out of nowhere and it was a real left turn for this movie. Like, cause nothing, there was no, really no other like sex scenes or nudity. So it was just like. It felt like it was in there for shock value or a little bit. almost comedy because I think dicks are funny. I guess. Like that's, I, I don't... that's, I think that's an objectively funny scene. Yeah. Albeit maybe not laughing out loud, but like, huh, interesting. Uh, what a weird scene. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It felt so out of place in this movie. Like, it really did. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I don't know what that was trying to symbolize or if they were just going for yeah. straight oddity. Yeah. Who knows? But, <laughs> If it wins Best Picture, I'll always remember it is the movie yeah. that won Best Picture and had the guy doing naked karate. Naked karate. Yeah. Uh, okay. Other scenes I wanted to mention, and then I will happily throw it to you, um, was the uh, delivery scene. Ugh. That fucked me up. Dude. Oh, uh, like. Sitting on my butt on the couch uh, by myself weeping. Yeah, dude. I, like, that's one of the moments I stood up and yeah. I was just like staring at the screen. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, she's going to have to go through this. Every time there's been like a baby in this movie up to this point. Tragedy has followed. Mm-hmm. So I saw it coming and I'm like, just give her a break. And no, stillborn baby. Very sad. Also, did it strike you like the doctors were uh, super un- uncompassionate, incompa- incapable? They did not show compassion in that city. They were just like, yeah, your baby's not breathing. Sorry about that. Yeah. We got to take it now. Say goodbye. Well, they let her hold it for a minute. Yeah, for like a second. How crowded I- was that hospital, too? True. Strangely crowded. Yeah, so that scene sucked. But yeah, and they, it felt very, very 
like not unprofessional but cold yeah like they were doing cpr on the baby like two feet from her yeah that's what i'm saying like they didn't, like it, they couldn't have taken it to the other room and yeah. then been like your baby died sorry sorry like, and then they wrap it up right in front of her. like that was i, I a, almost thought they were just gonna, like drop it in like a like a garbage i don't know yeah, what they like put down the chute yeah like i down thought they the were gonna baby do that shoot in front of her it's like come on uh also so then so this precedent has been set babies dying people dying then the final scene of the beach comes. Where was there another baby that died? Uh, like, why do you say that babies? Here's why things? I say that because in the nursery, she's going to, uh, ma, uh, here we go. Senora Sophia is yeah. like, she's talking to the doctor and she's like, go watch the, the newborn babies. There's an earthquake and then some ceiling falls and it looks like it's protected by an incubator, but it's not moving. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately cuts to three crosses on, like you a need hill. to clarify what you just said. Because people haven't seen this movie, ceiling like bricks fall or like some cracked cement or whatever falls from the ceiling and lands on an incubator with a baby in it. Yes, yeah. Just paint the picture. Sorry, I was going. I was going like people had seen it. So yeah, this happens, and then you get kind of a close up shot of that incubator, and there's clearly rubble on top, and it doesn't look like it's inside, but the baby's also not moving. Yeah. And the very next scene is this hill with these three crosses on it, and like dogs digging at the graves. I just took that to me like the baby also died. Yeah, they died. It's definitely. A, I see. I just, didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, I was. This is that. That's like a clear indicator. I just assumed that's what that was. Bad. So, yeah. so these are all precedents that have been set. So that by the time you get to this beach scene, and mom's like, "Hey, Cleo, you've just mentioned you can't swim. Can you watch the kids in the ocean for a minute while yeah. I disappear for no reason?" Yeah, right by the beach. And then, like, she walks away from the kids to to like towel the other kid off. With his sand, mm-hmm. I can't. You name one time in your life where you're covered in sand, you just decide to scrub it off with a dry towel. I've done that when the sand's dry. Oh, when it's dry, sure. Yeah. Not when you're fresh out of the water. He wasn't in the water. He was on he the beach. He was in the water at some point. That's why the sand stuck to him. Yeah. Or the sand was wet, and then he's wet. So. It still sticks to you even when you're dry, and then you have to wipe it off. Yeah. But then it gets easier to wipe off. That's true. I don't know what stage of dryness that kid was at. They're probably not the final. Maybe. So like this is all happened. She's going. She's been on vacation with him now. She goes to try to take her mind off of uh, her own dead child. Yeah, and, and then she has to rush into the ocean, even though she can't swim, to try to find these two babies who, in my brain at this point, are for sure dead. Yeah, no way those kids are living. Well, I thought for sure they were gonna die. Yeah, she saves them both, which is great. So how stressed out were you during that scene? I was. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I was. I was tearing up. Then I was like, again. Yeah, right? again with this, yeah. dude. Uh, I was so anxiety ridden, oh, riddled. Just like, oh fuck, no. Yeah, don't drown. Um, but this is like another example of like what water means in this movie. Like a lot of the time, it's like literally cleaning up dog shit from mm-hmm. the thing. But in this instance, she goes in and she like, a can't swim, but she she saves these children and she couldn't even save her own. That's when she admits that she didn't even want to have her baby, and this really that scene broke me too. That scene's like the picture, the poster of this movie is yeah. them all hugging on the yeah. beach, and you realize why it's the poster because that moment, yeah, is so. That's the first time they say they love Cleo. Yeah, if I you mean, go, if you realize yeah. it throughout that movie, the kids say it kind of in passing, like yeah. when she tucks them in, but it's the first time it's like this big catharsis, and um, yeah, like the water is sort of like a cleansing baptism kind of water. She comes out the other side and uh, is 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 okay finally. Yeah. Um, but real, yeah, real intense, man. I, uh, it was. Those are scenes that I wanted to touch on. Those are the two that I wanted to touch on. Um, I'm going to leave it on one thing. How fucking small is that garage? Yeah. Oh, did you see what I put on Twitter? No. Oh, everybody should look at our uh, Fresh Hop Cinema Twitter because I came home from uh, getting my whatever. I had to get coffee and get my van fixed. 
Uh, and I posted a funny video right after watching Roma. If you don't, you should tell people so my Twitter video is funnier. But what okay. are you talking about? I'm talking about this this one car. It's like a three car garage, but three, three car deep, three car long. Yeah, like, but it's little maybe four or five inches on either side when you pull a car in there. Yeah, it's so small. It's tiny. And there's one scene after the the wife is now single. Mm-hmm. I think she came home drunk and kind. Of, she yeah. looked drunk. Yeah, she was and like mad. And it's where she dropped my favorite line. And it's her husband's her. car. But it's her way. husband's yeah. car, giant Ford Galaxy. I think it's a Ford. Big. Yeah. They called it a Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. Anyways, and she like smashes that thing like four or she five like times. Every, just sma- it, like ding like ping pong. Oh nope. yeah. What do you call it? Uh, with this stuff on the sides you hit the paddles it's a it's a big standing thing and you go boing boing, and you pinball pinball thank you yeah she's pinball in the car basically is what i'm trying to say very rough what was your favorite line oh when she walks in and and says to cleo like no matter what they all say Uh, we're alone as women women, all of us we're always we're alone yeah, and she was just like at her a real dark point, but it was a really poignant line. Yeah, I really I dug that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of not great dudes in this movie. No, yeah, no, and it also gave depth to to her character, which yeah. I appreciated because the depth and the acting and stuff was very subtle. Uh, I think the characters grew just in these like little moments, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's kind of like life though. Your yeah. your life isn't just like. constant highlight reel you're gonna grow and change and build in moments and moments define you sure moments define the characters in this movie agreed and a tiny garage we have been talking about roma it's available to stream on netflix if you'd like to get in touch with us email us at fhccast at gmail.com reach out to us on social media on twitter or instagram or facebook at fresh hop cinema Follow us for beer stuff on Untapped, for movie stuff on Letterboxd. Um, what else? I thought I had something else, but maybe find us on Patreon if you'd like. You can give us a dollar a week, and we'll give you endless memories of happiness and stuff. Yep. Um, anything else you want to mention? Uh, I think I'm good. You got any gigs coming up or anything you want people to come check out? You know, I don't think so. Right. Um, I could check my schedule. I'll just pull it up real quick. Do but it. I'm almost confident I don't have anything in, in Chico. Well... I guess on February 2nd, I'll talk to you guys before then, but never mind. I'll save it. No, start pipping it out now. All right. I'm just playing a brunch at LaSalle's, which is I've never uh, played at before. Dope. Well, kind of. I have played before. Start pimping it out ASAP. Give people time to make their brunch plans, dog. Yeah. If you haven't been to the new LaSalle's, it's a gorgeous remodel. Yeah. They have really good food. And they have a cool stage. And the first time I went there, I thought my buddy Max should play here. So Me? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. I might have to come out to that one. Oh, last thing then also is if you would, uh, if you like our show, rate and review us. Review us for extra points uh, wherever you listen. Send Johnny on Instagram a uh, screenshot of your review. We'll post it on our story. We'll mention it on the show. Uh, The funnier, the better, guys. Mm -hmm. As long as it's a five-star rating, say what you like. Please be polite. Don't be polite. Do whatever you got to do. It's fine. Let's get weird, man. It's the danger zone. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We're Fresh Hop Cinema. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.